Hey guys. <laughs> that was so cheesy. Okay. Hey guys. Hey guys. <laughs> hey Dana. This oh oh. oh. No. Why did no. you just do that to me? Why, no. why did you do that to us? <laughs> <laughs> why did you do that to our Wow. What? What? What a chaotic start. Okay. What a chaotic start today. We're gonna talk about. I mean, actually, we're talking about a very chaotic yeah, subject. Yeah, we are really talking about a chaotic situation, which is you guys will all know that Korea is like almost the only country who are in a war, um, aside from our Ukrainian brothers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Who are technically we are in a war. one of the only first world countries, that and we're divided, right? Yeah. Are divided. into South Korea and North Korea, and mm-hmm. we really wanted to talk about this. So, so today is going to be our first episode on this issue. Yeah, it's right. kind of like an international politics issue. So mm-hmm. let's dive right in. Okay. So this is Olivia here, and today <laughs> <laughs> we're going to talk about something that many, many people may be curious about: Korea. What's going on between the North and South? Dun so dun dun. <laughs> just a few years ago, when Korea was culturally like less influential than it is today. One of the questions I'd always get asked as a Korean living in the U.S. was whether I was from North or South Korea, <laughs> oh. which I which I still think that these people are idiots. <laughs> like, <laughs> as a Korean, that, that is really disrespectful. Yeah, that's like, why would anyone ask that? Are, <laughs> are they stupid? Okay, never, never mind. Okay. <laughs> I mean, where would, where would I be from? Anyways, Korea is one of the few divided countries in the world. And this is unique in that it's a first world country still experiencing this type of conflict. Um, before the Korean War, the Korean Peninsula was united under the Joseon Dynasty for centuries, which created a strong bond between the people living on the peninsula. Korea is like still a nation with homogeneous ethnicity, ethnicity sorry, mm-hmm. <laughs> making this bond even stronger. And people have like a strong affinity with each with each other because of this awareness as a single group of people. Mm. It's been almost seventy years since the Korean War, even longer since we've been divided, and the generations in Korea are experiencing a lot of conflict on the matter of reunification. So before saying about talking about anything, let's first dive into the history of the Korean Peninsula to understand the background of it all. So basically, like I said, Korea used to be united under the Joseon Dynasty, and near the end of the Joseon Dynasty, in the early 1900s, Korea was annexed by Japan and remained in annexation until 1945, after Japan lost in World War II. As soon as the Japanese moved out, in came the U.S. and the Soviet Union, both of them looking for ways to create governments that fit their respective ideologies. Uh, Like most of you may know, uh, straight after World War II was the Cold War, so the U.S. was backing capitalism, while the Soviet Union uh, believed in socialism. The U.S. suggested dividing the peninsula along the 38th parallel north line, Mm -hmm. and the U.S. took over the south, North for the Soviet Union. Um, the Cold War signaled the start of a long battle between the two uh, superpowers, as well as within the people uh, in Korea struggling to create a unified government. Uh, this also caused debate amongst the Koreans uh, upon the type of nation to be constructed. 
You could say that from the perspective of the Koreans, the interventions of the two superpowers was very unwanted and only went in the way of union and peace. During the Moscow Conference, which took place in 1945, um, this discussed uh, terms upon uh, the creation ship, the creation of a government in the Korean Peninsula and the trusteeship by uh, several different countries. The socialist forces agreed with these terms, while the capitalists did not. This would later cause even more conflict during the process of attempting to make a government. The Soviet Union claimed that only the forces that agreed to the terms of the Moscow Conference should be participate should participate in the elections, obviously because this would be an advantage for the socialist forces. While in the U.S., for the same reason, disagreed. The conflict went on until the UN took over the problem and decided to host an election that went according to population. However, the North opposed this time as they had fewer people and therefore were less likely to get their desired results. The end of this conflict caused the UN to have an election in only the South, resulting in a government on its own with the North soon to follow. This was actually the start of dividing. Right. This... I mean, even before the creation of the governments, uh, once the South and the and North then, yeah. were, uh, you know, annexed by the Soviet Union and the U.S., that was basically the start of, because of you the know, ideology right, difference. right, the conflict. And this has been continued for 77 years. 77, I think. I mean, like, we are still yeah. in a war. The war hasn't ended. Like, yeah, that's yeah, crazy yeah, for that's 77 crazy. years. And There's so something, lot about it, though. Yeah, and something that's really crazy is that everyone is so used to the fact that we're still <laughs> in war. No one really acknowledges it. Like, you know, North Even Korea, North Korea like, yeah, sh- doing, like, or... yeah, experimenting with, like, nuclear yeah, missiles for, and stuff. For, we're like, okay. Yeah, like, so, <laughs> What's so, the matter? So, so, like, here, so here's, like, with the perspective, for example, in America, like, like, you like North Korea is just like a batch of batch of like new missiles. Or CNN oh, yeah. is like, oh my god, oh my god, the anchors not the news. These anchors are like, oh my god, oh my god. But but us like high school students who are living in Korea are like, oh, like uh, okay again, well, okay again. Like, yeah, yeah, we're, we're like again, I'm like <laughs> what? <laughs> okay, it's, typ- it's a typical Tuesday morning. Uh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> it happens every day, guys. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> going on, um, despite the conflict and the opposition that soon followed, everything seemed to be going well with, you know, laws being made and new governments being raised, or so it seemed. On June 25th, 1950, North Korea attacked without a declaration of war, signaling the start of the Korean War. The war set family and friends against each other, and like any other, caused pain and destruction across the land. In 1953, an armistice agreement was made and has been so until now. Like we said before, officially, the Koreas are still at war and have made massive impacts on society. Korean men are required to be in the army for almost two years. I think our boys probably have a lot to say about this. Uh, Of course, of course, of course. Um, And there are still families that have been separated by war and cannot meet each other due to the war. Every year, a huge amount of money is being spent to maintain the army. Now, outside of Korea, the North-South relationship is a major hindrance to world peace. Kim Jong-un and his shenanigans may be a worldwide meme, but it's still a very real problem here in Korea. Um, over the years, there's been discord both politically and physically. 
In 2010, a North Korean su- submarine attacked Korean vessels, causing many casualties. North-South relations have steadily worsened as North Korea's nuclear experiments became a worldwide controversy. Amongst this, all this drama, the topic of concern to Koreans is about reunification. So reunification, basically, in the perspective of South Korea, um, is unifying the Korean peninsula based on capitalism, which we, our government is based on. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, the North probably thinks otherwise. They probably want to make us all socialists, but... That's <laughs> never going to happen, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you never know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, oh, that, 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 that was a joke. That was a joke. <laughs> so let's go back to the military. No, let's go back to the to the to the, to the division. The what? The division. Yeah, okay. Of the North and South Great. Korea. Yay. So um, first, let's just talk about how this has been impacting our lives. Mm-hmm. Are, are you guys... You know, um, me, I only came to Korea last year. Um, oh. I've, uh, I've lived in the U.S. for, like, nine years. Oh. So I don't really, I'm not really aware of how, like, large the situation is, like, I mean, impacting I don't know if I'm being Koreans. too oblivious about it, but it's not really, it, it is big, right, guys? Because, because I live in South Korea every day, I really honestly do not feel a threat. I mean, mm, like it's just part of day to day life. Yeah, part of day to day life. The most dread I felt because of the division is at family gatherings. You know, of the pol, in in family gatherings, you always know there's some someone who brings up a political content, oh, yeah. like oh my over God. over some little yeah <laughs> little alcohol. <laughs> it goes really really hard, and and everyone in like in the first in the old generations, they're they're all like. We have to, we have to unite. We have to unite because of that little. What do you call it? Like, there, y- you know. Like, I don't know if they will, the listeners will understand, but Uri is one and Tongyu, you know. <laughs> yeah, I know, that's, I know. That's kind of yeah, brainwashing. It was a propaganda. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, for those of you guys that don't know, like back in the day and still today, I guess, um, people like <laughs> the government teaches, educates our people more like blame yeah, brainwashing. To <laughs> Oh, to I'm sorry, Santino, but next episode we're gonna do a. Can I say this? Yeah. Yeah, we're gonna do a debate, and you're on the, and you're on the side of. It's kind of a different problem uh, between brainwashing and actually like. Oh, anyways, because because they have been brainwashed for their entire lives, they have they're being they're being like we have to unite, we have to unite, and younger generations are like no, we don't have to unite, and there's. Always a fight going on, like always, like because of that political. Like yeah, the old generation and the young generation are really different mm-hmm. towards like how they look at the this issue. Yeah, because There's of that. There's actually a poll, and I found it. Because of that, I think the biggest conflict that comes from the division is not between North and South Korea, but the generations <laughs> between like Korea. So the, um, the millennials who are in in their 20s right now the 74% of them think that i uh, know are just like really not they're not even like caring about the situation right now seven the 74% doesn't even really care about the reunification they're, if it they're has busy really with their happen, lives or is it really serious or is it needed what not it really isn't something that 
yeah, it, it isn't something that they're actually interested in, mm. even. And that is a big problem, I think. So, um, this is a personal experience, again, but my grandfather, he originally lived in North Korea. Ooh. He really? came wow. to South Korea when he was 11 years old, by himself. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's very brave of him. And he... He told me a story, and I don't remember all the details of it, but he had to, like, go through security. He had to, like, run for miles and miles and then take the train without knowing anybody. And at that time, the train was really old. It was, yeah. And a lot of these trains um, kind of went off the rail, and they collapsed. And he might have died if he went on the wrong train, and... Yeah, he told about that stuff, and he told me that it was really hard for him to adjust to life in South Korea mm. when he came. So, um, luckily, he met his um, uncle, I think. Yeah, his, his relative, and then his relative let him go to school. Wow. And then, yeah, but still, he didn't have any money, so every, every day he had to, like, starve at school, and then he... Um, had a lot of stomach issues. He still has them. He still has them. Wow. He has to take pills all the time. And oh I'm really, God. yeah, it makes me really sad and about it. Something that's really like, that's, it's just the fact that stories like this aren't, aren't super uncommon. Like, a lot of the older generations here in Korea have gone through, like, uh, things like this, uh, escape aids and, you know, mm. um, how they had to, you know, get out of their hometowns uh, to, uh, you know, not get involved in the war and mm. things like that. Um, and I think that's just another way of how um, it's been affecting our lives. Yeah, you know, our lives. And I think that's something that is most uh, noticeable here in Korea is the military. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. If, my condolences to Nathan and Santino, who has to oh go god. to military I mean, for two oh, years. Oh god, I mean, like, come on, I mean... I mean, technically 18 months, right? Yeah, 18, 18 months. months. 18 months. And there's also a lot of controversy about how it's um, unfair, because so, yeah. only the guys Men. have to go, and the women are just, you know, just sitting there. And it's something that's a very sensitive topic mm, here right. as well. I I don't think that like gender should be a problem in like military military servings and yeah. stuff. I I I think the major problem in military is is of the benefits of actually serving in the military. You know. Right. Right. So most importantly, our especially the millennial generation and our generation believes that okay. So even um even though after like seventy years like, we don't have. Um, so we feel like we don't have a proper military compensation because so normally um, even prior a few years back there there was like normally some um, financial compensation regarding or academic com- um, you know compensation regarding your like a university scores if you miss a- miss out on the university due to your military service but however um, like due to some um, new laws that have been passed for like a couple of years ago that has been abolished so we actually don't get any credit from our schools or from our universities even though we yeah yeah we serve our services in in the military and that is kind of like a main focal point for you know our the millennial men because they kind of like are infuriated because of that so they just want to be like like not paid but just like two years puff 
nothing. Yeah, and and nothing. I th- I think that's the really big problem. And 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 the people too. They're not really like should I say grateful, but they're not. They're thinking that their service in the military is kind of like is. They're they're thinking that's quite. It's, it's a responsibility. Is is just a responsibility, and they they should do it's it. That they do, yeah, it's just a duty that they have to do. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So so oh, that's that's about the military. Just I yeah. I, just, as a person who is going going to go to the mil going to serve in the military, mm-hmm. like, I'm not like really like I don't want to go. I don't want to go. But I just want to be like. Really respected, re- re- respected you, or yeah, you think that it's a really great opportunity? Yeah, like, yeah. Well, like our society doesn't really give a lot of credit to people who go to the military. Yeah, we example. just think that it's a it's a ritual that people do yeah, when they so, like, turn some age. So um, so that is what especially Korean millennial and Korean men are really envious about America because in the United States of America, mostly in Western countries, um, we're serving a military is kind of like an Volunteer, voluntarily, voluntary action. Mm-hmm. So they always have so much gratitude for those whom mm-hmm. whom are serving, regardless of like their gender. They always have so much respect for them. Like they always say thank you for your service, yeah. and you know they have in, in general they have so much respect in their community and in their society. However, yeah, as Dana has just like mentioned, it is it has been like kind of like a norm for Ria because we yeah. have been like doing this for seventy years. So going to the military, it's not that. Um, significant yeah. yet anymore. It's just like kind of like um yeah, okay. a, a, the thing that's you're at, like yeah. twenty something. What are you gonna go to? Military? Oh yeah, it's just like military. It's just like a kind of like a annual routine, kind of like a lively routine. And the problem about that is um not only the public's attitude about it, but also because the public responds that way, the people who go to the military are really reluctant about right. going they to feel the yeah. underappreciated. Mm-hmm. Um, even though in and because reality, military is they're really giving rigorous, up, they really yeah. need the um this emotional reward. Right, right. But right. since they're not getting that, their service might be poor. Their acts might be poor, and the if they serve in the military, and that might lead to like really con- real concerns because they don't have the yeah the the stamina the yeah the motivation. So these are like how the division is really affecting, affecting South lives. Koreans yeah. because even though we South Koreans are really like chilling about the issue it's not really it's uh, I mean I think chilling itself is kind of sad because it means that our we're society is so entrenched to, in this right. division situation that we're so used to it yeah we're y- so used to that we don't even feel the need to change anything yeah even that, though in mm-hmm. the perspective of some people who are from other countries they may look at our society as kind of strange yeah and abnormal um, but right. we're just we're just fine with it and yeah. that is kind of um weird and also sad in some way yeah agree to that that's because like uh, south koreans and north korean they they're like it's it's very sad but they're becoming like di- two different countries yeah that is also very sad too because of that i think the the people is going like as your expression, just chilling with it because you they're like know, different mm, countries. Mm. You guys know Germany when they before they reunited, they 
their ideology was really different, but oh, their yeah. economic situation also was different, but it wasn't as different as us and mm-hmm. North, North Korea. I so like what I'm really concerned about is if we really reunify, how, how are we going happen? to resolve the yeah, disparity between the problem. two countries? I mean, we're obviously two different countries right now. Right yeah. at the moment. Yeah. Sad but true. And the sad thing is that, like, 50 years ago, just 50 years ago, like, there were people who were alive who were um, fa- right. um, relatives, uh, relatives of each other who lived in different are, lands. Yeah, and these people are all dying out now. Yeah, and They're these people share their bloods. And right now, we're just different people. We talk in a yeah, different so way. We think about different so things. Actually, that's one of my main vocal reasons why I don't agree to like, reunification. I don't see, like the necessary purpose of reunification. And this is what we're going to talk about in the next episode. So today we kind of gave you guys a context, a really specific context, Mm -hmm. thanks to Olivia's (laughs) um, intense research. So we gave you guys context about what the division means to us and how it started to happen. And then for the next episode, episode 4-2, we're going to have a brief debate on this issue if we should reunify or not. Yep, so see you guys in the next episode. See you guys in the next episode. Bye. 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 Bye.